One of the first criteria that I look for, it's not the only one, but it's one of the first that I look for when I'm looking to achieve something greater in my life, whether it be in my professional life or in my personal life, I look for in a mentor, someone who has already done it. I want to bounce ideas off someone who's been there and who's done it. And that's one of the reasons why I've created Life Change Secrets. Now, is it possible to learn from people and the mistakes that other people have made trying to get to where you want? Of course. But one of the first things that I look for is someone who's already done it. And that's why I'm particularly excited today to introduce you to Brainon Hammonds. Because Brainon, just like me, is someone who's already gone through a successful change. He, just like me, worked in the corporate environment and made a very successful change into doing what he's doing today. And so in this first part of the interview that I did with Brainon, he's going to talk about where he was and how he got to where he is today as an entrepreneur. And I'm so excited for you to hear that. And right after this, we're going to get right to it. Are you ready for a change and to finally do something about that feeling inside of you that says you have a different calling in life? To finally go after that dream or dust off that project you've been thinking of creating but still haven't done anything about yet? Do you need some support, direction, or motivational words from someone who has been there and who understands you? Well, if so, you've come to the right place. This podcast is a place to find inspiration for those who want to take control and change their lives for the better. Welcome to Life Change Secrets. Here's your host, Tony. So what's up, everybody? I'm here today in this episode of Life Change Secrets with Brayman Hammonds. And uh, interesting story, interesting guys, got some great stuff to talk about. And so let's just get right to it. Um, Brayman. Uh, maybe you can just kind of, you know, give everybody a little uh, in on you know, who you are and what you do, and then uh, we'll get into talking about what we were talking about before. Yeah, so uh, obviously, um, my name is Brendan Hammonds. I've been in the digital marketing space for about 10 years now. I started that actually in the uh, financial crisis in the U.S., I don't know if that was necessarily a mistake or uh, just me being stupid, but I, I happened to do it and have some success at it. From there, I ended up launching about five years later a software company called Review Kangaroo, which focuses on online reputation management and uh, gathering reviews for local business contractors. So I had a lot of success with that and, you know, I've uh, been fortunate enough to, you know, reach that pinnacle where I've been able to succeed and stay in business for you know, more than the, uh, I guess, the average local business. Mm-hmm. You know, one of the things that I thought was interesting is, is I think it would be interesting for people to hear about is how we met, and which is something we're definitely going to go talk about a little bit later about, you know, we both are in a, in a program to help us to grow and to further ourselves as professionals. And there was something in particular, though, that, that struck me with you is that we have very similar backgrounds because you were working in a Fortune 500 company. I always talk about how I left Nike. And so, you know, maybe you could just kind of talk about that because, you know, this is life change secrets. And I know, and like I was telling you, one of the reasons why I created this is because I know there's a lot of people out there who probably feel today just like we felt back then. You know, you for one reason and me for another. So talk a little bit about that, would you? Yeah. So I was like, you mentioned, I was working for a fortune 500 company or a fortune 100 company. And it was actually probably a fortune five company to fortune 10, um, where I sold digital products for them. So mainly SEO, 
some pay-per-click as well. And this was back in 2007, 2006, 2007, 2008, and uh, early part of 2009, or I should say later part of 2009, so a few years there, about four or five years. But what happened during that, that process is I became very successful, uh, one of the top 20 reps across the nation with that. And we had a, uh, a, a certain situation where a couple guys in my office, two, two guys in my office, we decided to go into a territory where the company had closed down an office. And um, it was, I think it had, at the time it had generated $60,000 in a year worth of revenue before they shut it down. Well, we decided to go into that market for about a week and ended up closing about $100,000 worth of revenue. So that was one of those epiphany uh, moments that you had and where the light bulb went out and uh, the three of us went out to dinner one night and asked ourselves, well, why aren't we doing this for ourselves? So that was kind of, you know, one of the things that catapulted me to getting into the business and starting my own business. But the real thing that uh, really, I guess, kind of got me in that mindset, even thinking about going out on my own was the aspect of um, as a corporation, we weren't fulfilling on our obligations that we were being told as salespeople to present to our clients. So I would go out and sell something and based upon what we were trained to do. And then the fulfillment side of it, which we had no control of, weren't meeting clients' expectations. Mm -hmm. And there were a couple situations where, you know, we were even in a situation where I would tell people, hey, you got to buy out your contract for this particular product, and then you can go off and do your own thing. And I can recommend a couple things that would be more beneficial to you. And when that happened, that individual was told that, you know, they couldn't even get ownership of their stuff, even though they, they paid it out. So it really struck me as a situation over time that it just kept building and building and building to where, um, I just knew it wasn't the right fit morally for me. I had a hard time sleeping mm -hmm. and, um, I had to make that decision and kind of, you know, draw the line in the sand and said, okay, if you're going to do this and go out on your own, what are the risks and are you prepared to take them? Mm -hmm. And so <laughs> I'll say this. So I spent the last two months ramping up to get prepared for, uh, the new venture that I was going to take on, and that's in bio, my digital marketing agency. And mm -hmm. so I cut a lot of expenses. And, and again, this was during the financial times and um, ended up taking about $50,000 worth of savings and saying, okay, once I go over and do this, this is all I have to live on. So this is, this is my salary. This is my, you know, all my essentials that I had need to pay for. So Without really knowing about it, but planning about, you know, without really knowing, but planning to some degree, I had mapped out what the outcome I wanted it to be. And mm -hmm. I said, you know, this is the bucket on which I'm willing to take the risk and, uh, and ended up launching. So I ended up taking, in Vio, I ended up taking two clients with me that, uh, that came over and they had told me they would have during that two month time frame. And uh, were they clients that would sustain my lifestyle at the time? No, not at all. But it was, it was a start. It was, it was cash flow coming in. And I remember we were doing a project and actually I'll tell you about this. The, the first project I sold uh, from that was a $35,000 e-commerce website for, mm -hmm. for a, a golf shop. So mm -hmm. that was one of the things that was really beneficial in terms of a win right out the bat. But you know, times were difficult. I didn't really have a, a, business plan in, in place in terms of the fulfillment, the sell side, I already knew the fulfillment mm -hmm. side, even though I went to school for information systems and computer, I still had to bring in that team to do the fulfillment side. And I always tell people, you know, you can, you can really be good at one of those two things. And, and the other one you're going to need support for. And before I had known that I, I you know, got into the situation where I sold the product 
and had a hard time getting the right people to fulfill it. So I went through, you know, a lot of churn and stuff and I stayed up many nights and, you know, countless hours trying to, trying to get the fulfillment of this project. And it was very complex projects done. And um, I ended up spend, spending a lot of energy and time and resources as well as money to get that project completed. And mm -hmm. so what happened during that timeline was um, a lot of my resources and my capital had dried up because I wasn't out there selling. I was out there on the fulfillment side now, right? Mm -hmm. um, it's hard to play both sides of that ball, right. you know, because if you're selling, you're not fulfilling. If you're fulfilling, you're not selling. Which goes to show um, you can't do everything, right? Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. And, and it just goes to back to, you know, which we'll talk about a little bit later, probably systems and processes and so forth. Yeah, I got into that, that situation. And from there, I had the moment where I knew it was about four o'clock in the morning and I was, and I was looking, I can't remember the dollar amount, but I was looking at, you know, the amount that I had left as far as resources and capital. And I said, in order to continue not going back to get a job, you have to do something. And I said, so you're either going to make this work or you're going to go get a job. And to kind of give you some context to my lifestyle before that I had been, I, I got in college and I, I got started off with a job, which I probably shouldn't have a sales job. But by the second year of that job, I was making six figures and that was, I think I was 24 at the time. So uh, mm -hmm. this was around 28, 29. Yeah. I was, I was doing very well. I was making well into the six figures. And so for me to sit there and be in this situation, I said, do you really want to go back and work for corporate America? And, and, and I've had, you know, I had some previous experience outside of that one where just bad taste in my mouth. And I said, there's no way, absolutely zero way that you were going back to work for corporate America. And I made that mental decision through that line in the set at that point. And I like, I remember this, I remember the desk I was sitting at, I remember looking at my screen and, you know, it's just one of those moments that you sit there and say, look, let's have a talk, you know, mono a mono, look at yourself in the mirror. What are you going to do? And but did, uh, uh, sorry, interrupt you, excuse me if I interrupt you, but, uh, but the stuff that you're saying, I know this resonates with, with the people who are listening. And I know, and this resonates so much with me because you talk about some stuff that, you know, you, you sat there because there's moments when, first of all, you know, one of the things, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, that, that made you decide to leave in the first place is because what you were doing wasn't really in line with your values because you were, you were promising people stuff, but you weren't able to fulfill on that because the company wasn't allowing you to do that. Right. Yep. And then there was those moments when even after you took that risk, it was a calculated risk. But you took that risk and there was moments where you were like, ah, oh, man, this isn't going exactly the way I wanted to, man. You know, mm -hmm. what am I going to do? Am I going to go back? And so that's like motivation for you. You know, either you do yep. something or you got to go back to work. I don't want to go back to work. I don't want to yeah. do that. You know, the and pain the, the, was the greater than the risk at that point. Yes. And then the, the, the thing that you said about, you know, looking yourself in the mirror, I had a conversation with myself in the mirror. I was like, why are you going in today? You know, <laughs> why mm -hmm. are you doing this? So I got you, man. I got you. Keep continuing. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, so yeah, I had that conversation and, um, you know, lucky for me, I chose the right side of the ladder there and, uh, decided to push forward, ended up fulfilling that project and then started realizing how much I didn't know and understand about creating the business. I was good at sales, but there's a whole aspect of how to run and operate a business that most people don't know. And Absolutely. so as a, um, as, and this wasn't my first business venture, um, I had a couple other ones, but you know, obviously didn't do those well 
um, in terms of running and operating a business. I ended up going through that aspect of trying to figure all this stuff out. And uh, what it led me to was kind of what you're talking about is um, some of the groups that I've joined, some of the mastermind and coaching and so forth. So Mm -hmm. I, I figured out really early that it was in my best advantage to go ahead and pay people for yeah. their experience and knowledge yeah. versus me trying to go figure it out. Well, because, I, I would just want, excuse me if I interrupt you again, but yeah. you're touching on some really cool things that, and some of them, which I talked about in previous episodes, you and I, um, this whole thing about masterminding and finding people to do stuff that you don't know how to do is one of the things that we've been hearing a lot over the last year, you know, it's not the who yep. or it's not the, what, you know, how it's the who, you know, who yep. can help you. And, uh, so, you know, for you, those of you who are listening, you know, this is just another example coming from someone else when we're all talking about the same stuff. You know, you don't have to do everything. And if you try to do everything, you're going to be limited. You're not going to be able to get it all done. So you, it's better off to, to think about how much is it costing you to, uh, to, to go through this yourself and figure it all out. It's going to cost you a lot of time. It's going to cost you uh, money that you could be making if you were focusing on something else. So, yeah. I just yeah, the, the opportunity it. cost of what what it will cost you in the long run is probably greater than what you have exactly. your goals for. And exactly. um, so I realized that at uh, fortunate for me at, a, at an early age. And so I've invested a lot of money. I won't say how much, but I've invested a lot of money in coaching programs over the years. Um, and then obviously still continue to uh, to yeah. this day. And I'm always looking to surround myself with the, you know, they say that, you know, you're some of the five people that you surround yourself with. Right. Exactly. Um, I knew in my local market that the people that I was around and I'm, I'm based in Las Vegas here in the U S uh, wasn't the same of the same mindset of what I was different at the time, different mindset of people that wanted to party. And trust me, there's nothing wrong with that. I did all that in my early twenties, but I had gotten to this point where I just knew I'd wanted to excel to a different level. And mm-hmm. so, you know, I joined a few masterminds with, you know, bankers, financiers, real estate investors, and then, you know, some of the top, you know, digital marketers in, in the country, in the U.S. And I continue to do that to this day. I mean, that's, that's my network. Those are my people. And that's, you know, some of my closest friends actually to this point. Right. Can, can I just ask you for some of those, you know, I, I'm, I'm sure I've mentioned this in previous episodes, but could you just explain to our listeners what is, what is a mastermind? Yeah. So a mastermind is a collective group of people who are essentially in the same mindset and sometimes in the same vertical that you are that are just trying to take it to another level. So these are um, other entrepreneurs or other business owners that essentially you share concepts, ideas, strategies with and help them, you know, excel their business while they share their experience with you as well. So I always like to think of it like this is if I can grab myself today and go talk to my 20 year old, you know, younger version and say, these are the things that you need to do in order to excel, right? If I had that back then, what would my value, you know, what would be the growth value of that over the, over the course of time? It'd be exponential, right? It'd be a lot faster than where I've been able to get to in the last 20 years or so, or at least an agency side from the last 10 years. But if I could tell my, my 20 year old self that, I mean, that guy would be unstoppable. That guy, you know, (laughs) maybe <laughs> unstoppable right now because you know there's a lot of things that I've learned you know the hard way and then from other people and um, I always tell people I say you know it's, it's not always about learning something from somebody that's ahead of you from a financial standpoint there's a lot of things that you can learn from people that have done stuff wrong as long as you're listening to the right information that they're giving you so mm-hmm. uh, an example of that is somebody tells you hey 
don't do this because that's what got me here. Mm -hmm. And that person, you know, maybe financially lower than you are on the, you know, pay scale. Mm-hmm. that's a good message to li- listen to, right? You might mm-hmm. want to dive deeper in there. Well, tell me a little bit more about the mistakes that you made. Why did you make that decision? How did you come to this conclusion? What mm-hmm. was the outcome of that? Obviously it led you here, but what, you know, how did that, you know, affect other things in your life and so forth. And so once you start seeing things like that, you can start picking up patterns and things to look at and kind of reverse engineer and say, okay, that's not, that's what I'm not going to do. Right. Mm-hmm. And then go find that other person and help you and say, well, I know what I don't want to do. I don't necessarily know what it is I want to, but I know I don't want to do these things. So how, how have you got to this point and kind of mend the two together? So that concludes the first part of this exclusive interview that I did with Brayman Hammonds, managing partner at Invio.com. So if you want to hook up with the guy, that's the place to go to. Or you can hook up with him on Twitter at Brayman. That's B-R-E-Y-N-A-N Hammonds. Um, The guy's just phenomenal. In this first part of the interview, we heard about his transition from the corporate world into what he's doing today as a successful entrepreneur, investor, real estate investor, digital marketer. And in the next part of this interview, in part two, we're going to talk about the nitty gritty. We're going to talk about processes and how you set yourself up for success. And one of the things that we're going to touch on is it's all about the who and not so much about the how. So stay tuned. I'm really excited for part two of our interview with Brandon Hammonds.